Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Steve Lorenz here with me. It's It's been a while, actually, since we last recorded. So, uh, I, you know, we've been busy enjoying time with our families over the holidays. And I am now in South Florida uh, covering Michigan as it prepares for the Orange Bowl against Georgia and the National College Football Playoff. Michigan's first playoff appearance, Georgia's only their second. Uh, so it's going to be going to be a really fun, interesting matchup. Got lots to talk about with it. And, and so as such, we're actually splitting our preview episode into two. One will look at Michigan's offense versus Georgia's defense. The other one will look at Georgia's offense versus Michigan's defense, along with our final predictions for the game. This first one is you, know, you could imagine there is, is going to be Michigan's offense versus Georgia's defense. So we'll talk about some of the keys for the Wolverines going up against uh, just a truly elite defense and, and maybe take some shots at over-unders and some, some predictions for what we think this offense can do. Steve, I, I don't know how much you've been watching of like bowl season. It seems like at the halftime of every bowl game, they talk about how is Michigan's rushing offense going to be able to do anything against Georgia's run defense Uh, really, you know, Wisconsin, I think has better numbers, but when you think about some of the running backs that, that Georgia has played, I I would honestly argue Georgia has the best run defense in the country, but Michigan's rushing offense. And and you were just saying it before we hit record, you know, the, the versatility of rushing too, you know, now that you have Blake Corum healthy, Donovan Edwards can do things. Um, You know, AJ Henning can carry the ball. I think he's had, He's very comfortable in that role. And then obviously, of course, Hassan Haskins, uh, maybe you could argue he might be the best individual. He might not be the, the most talented, but he might be the best individual running back Georgia has faced all season. Uh, you know, Josh Gaddis, I thought he said it right. It's going to be a train wreck inside, and, and their focus is not going to be as much on explosive plays, but on positive plays when they're running against this Georgia defense. I, obviously, the big key to me is, yeah, move forward. Forward can still be a pace. Uh, you know, you don't have to average six yards per carry. But think about that Wisconsin game. You know, they they had um, 112 rushing yards, not very many, 2.9 yards per carry, but they only had one negative play. Every everything else was either getting to the line of scrimmage or gaining yards. And if you can do that, you know, once or twice, you know, or in those first couple downs. Third and six allows you to be so much more creative than third and 10 or third and nine. So, so to me, my biggest key for, for Michigan's offense is in the run game. It's all about moving forward. Your thoughts on, on that part of, or that segment of this matchup and, and maybe uh, some of your, your keys for Michigan being able to get what they need to out of the rushing attack. Yeah, I think it's about, you know, like against like Wisconsin, some of the better rushing deep Penn State to an extent. I think the key is, again, anything you get on top of moving the ball forward is, is really is going to be gravy, but it just has to be enough to open everything else up. I think the diversity of the run game, it's, yeah, it's something that we've harped on now for a while. And I think I, I really do. We, we've talked about this a little bit in the last few episodes, I think Edwards in the passing game can help open up things in the run. I'm interested to see if Michigan runs any two back sets in this game, even if they, even if they run Edwards out in motion and and split him out 
into the slot or something. Um, I'm just, you know, I, I think Michigan may have to, if they're, if they're going to try to create explosive plays in the running game, they may have to be a little unorthodox, but again, they've had so many different guys kind of emerge uh, both in the passing and running game that I, I feel like Michigan's in a position right now where they can really, I, I think they could sort of pick their put Maybe they use the passing game to open up the running game a little bit. Um, you know, Alabama didn't, as one thing difference, Alabama didn't really run, they ran the ball. Oh, okay. But I think that's what Michigan should look to do. I think Alabama had like 125, 130 yards rushing in that game, not elite, not spectacular, but I suspect enough uh, to allow Bryce Young to, to make some bigger plays in the passing game. So I think for Michigan, it's, I guess if it's not broke, don't fix it. You know, they've, they've, to you know, we talk about what's got Michigan's faced some of the best rushing defenses in the country this year. It's not as if they have, uh, you know, succeeded against poor, only poor teams. I mean, they have faced some challenges. I agree. I think Georgia is the best. I think Wisconsin still is statistically the best rushing defense in the country, but I would argue Georgia with, with some of the teams that they have faced week in and week out uh, probably are the best rushing defense Michigan has faced. You know, I think it's a matter of uh, other thing too, that I think about is, is one area where Michigan might be different than a lot of teams Georgia has faced is the duo at tight end with Eric all and Schoonmaker, not just in the passing, but in the running game too. Uh, those guys have been huge for Michigan the last five or six weeks, especially, you know, and I think that's one area where Michigan may be able to get a hat on a linebacker and, and allow it again. Yeah. Like four five, six yards is going to be huge in this game for Michigan. If they can get that uh, sometimes not going to be every time we know that with Michigan, it's going to be a struggle at certain points, I suspect. But uh, I think it's about doing just got to do enough to keep Georgia's defense honest to open up all these other um, areas that Michigan, it looks like, has, has emerged as far as being able to hurt hurt defenses. Yeah, I think um, you know, our first over under is does Blake Corum get to 1000 rushing yards on the season in this game? I believe he is at 939, so he would need 61. Georgia has not allowed an individual running back to get over 70 yards this season, which is just insane. Like if you think about some of the teams they've played, you know, how many times a weekend someone in college football is getting at least 70 rushing yards. They've only allowed one run of 30 yards or more all season. They've only allowed three rushing touchdowns all season. And so it's, it's, and and so what, what I see, what I see is I, I think, I think this is a defensive coordinator's dream defensive front that has size, speed, and experience. You just really don't see – usually you've got – you're missing one of those. You usually you got to pick two. Uh, <laughs> do you go with the – anyway. Um, and, and they've got a lot of you – know, they've got the perfect personnel in terms of fitting the roles that they want to play. And um, So to me, I actually think Michigan's going to be able to run the – ball but i i would caution and say i don't think there's a scenario where they steamroll georgia or expose georgia as this fraudulent run defense you know i think i think it's going to be tough sledding i almost wonder you mentioned they face some good run defenses wisconsin uh you know iowa 
be curious. I mean, what, what were they, what was the rushing total in the first half uh, in that game? That might be more of a gauge of what can be done. Cause I think at some point the blowout was on, right. But, but, you know, Michigan state, another team that uh, is top 20 run defense and, and Michigan kind of did the same deal. They didn't give up a lot of tackles for loss. They didn't, um, you know, they didn't necessarily have any gigantic runs, probably not as many as they would have liked given that they lost the game by four. But I think, I think the big key is just finding ways to get forward, to move forward. You know, you don't, can't necessarily count on the explosive plays, can't necessarily count on, um, you know, bulldozing a team in the run game, but can Hassan Haskins get you some tough yards? Can Blake Corum get you some tough yards? So, yeah, I think, uh, Real quick on the over/under, do you think Blake Corum gets to a thousand rushing yards in this game, or or do you think this is maybe similar to the Wisconsin game where I think both running backs were under fifty yards? I gotta lean under on this one, just based on those stats alone. It seems <clears throat> this feels like maybe more of a Haskins game. I, I don't know what I guess. Haven't watched enough of Georgia to know. Are they better? Are you know? Are they? Obviously, they're elite defending every aspect of the run, but is you know I'm I don't maybe don't know enough to know if this is a Haskins game or a Corum game, but it just feels like second and six is going to be really valuable in this game, and that just feels like it plays to to Haskins' strengths a little bit more. So uh, I'll go with the under. Yeah, I'm going to go with the under as well. I actually do think Corum's a uh, if I were to pick and. Like you pick a guy with 939 rushing yards is the X factor in the game. But, but because he, he really, he only has a, what 12 carries since October. He's quietly a big X factor for me. If it's not quite 12, uh, forgive me, but it's, it's not very many. He, you know, he had, he ended up with like decent amounts of rushing yards against Ohio state and Iowa, but he was absolutely limited. And, you know, he, he was kind of on a carry count. I think he can make a difference because I think, I mean, there's, there's, it's not like they haven't faced a running back with Blake Corum's speed, but, but I think his speed and strength allows him to uh, maybe, maybe help Michigan on runs outside the tackle in this game. And that's something Florida actually had some minor success in. And they're really the only team that's run the ball at well at all against George. I mean, they had 161 rushing yards on 4.1 yards per carry. So, but if, if Michigan gets that, I actually really like the chances of Michigan being in this game. So that's, to me, I think 150 should be Michigan's rushing yards goal. Uh, I think if they can get there and they don't have to, you know, I guess be predictable offensively to get there, I think they're going to, I think that's a sign that they held their own enough in the line of scrimmage. Their running backs fought for extra yards and they moved the football on enough drives to be in this game. When you look at this, Georgia's passing defense it's it's good it's it's a good back seven but this is probably the weakness and and Alabama exposed it probably in ways Michigan can expose it but if you look throughout the whole body of work of the season I do think this is a game where you can attack the slots you can get your running backs particularly Corum and Edwards maybe get them the ball just outside the hash marks uh or maybe kind of between the hash marks, not quite out, out wide, wide, and maybe attack those slots. They, they have, they have good, like fast linebackers, but they're not, 
other than Nicobe Dean, they're not like these elite, elite cover guys. And so I, to me, I think the biggest key in the passing game is probably to attack the slot. Steve, your thoughts on that. And then, then after that, if you have a different key, uh, you know, what, what is it going to take to be able to pass the ball well on this Georgia defense? Yeah, it's a, you know, star studded. They're kind of one of those units loaded one of the Georgia's many units loaded with five-star type talent. Um, but yeah, good, not great. Statistically now Alabama, you know, has done that to many a great defense. Um, but for Michigan, you know, so what Alabama did last week, not necessarily shocking, you know, either way, but for Michigan, I, I think it is push the ball down the field to open things up in the seams and in the slot, like you said, I'm, I'm with you on the slot and in the seams. I think Michigan can attack the middle of the field against these guys. So put, you know, I know he's like one of the taller guys, but, you know, throw a deep ball to Andrell Anthony early. You know, again, that's one of those things I feel like it doesn't necessarily have to succeed to be effective. You know, it's just you have to make sure you have to make sure that they know it's it's possibly there, you know, and and that having that thought can can open up other things for maybe more high percentage plays in the middle of the field. Like I said, I still think, you know, we talked a lot about Edwards in the passing game. I really think the emergence of Schoonmaker has been massive too. I mean, you could argue Michigan has two legit tight ends that they can throw the ball to on on any given play. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan ran a lot of two tight end stuff because everyone's expecting them to run the football, uh, put both those guys out there. And they're both, you know, Eric all has always kind of been looked at and, and rightfully so as the number one passing threat at that position, but Schoonmaker the last few weeks has been excellent, you know, and is another one of those guys who's really kind of emerging and playing his best football of his career right now. So I, I would slots and seams, I think are going to be big. Um, you know, Sane Rasil is a guy I think who, who Michigan could maybe get the ball to a little bit more as well. So yeah, Georgia's like, yeah, elite, like uber talented, but definitely, yeah, definitely the more susceptible, the back four. And like you, I think the linebackers in the passing game too, definitely more susceptible than, than that front four, particularly in the middle for them. So, um, you know, I, I think Michigan could throw the ball to set up the run. Honestly, I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe I'm off. I, I just feel like everyone and everyone is absolutely expecting Michigan to try to establish the run early. I'm interested to see if, if Michigan goes play action early in the game uh, to, to maybe kind of do the opposite and, and get, move the ball down the field a little bit to maybe kind of uh, soften those linebackers a little bit to, to allow them to, to maybe run the football a little more successfully than they would otherwise. Last thing, I feel like the last thing you want to do in this game, if you're Michigan is just be hard headed, try to run the football, yeah, not yeah. have it. And then all of a sudden now you're, you're in a situation where they're only putting, they're only having to put seven, seven guys up and you're forced to throw the ball into tighter and tighter windows, you know, on, on every play. So I, I almost kind of feel like, you know, use your personality, your advantage, some early tight end stuff, get the tight ends involved in the passing game. That way you also don't really know what those guys are going to do on a play-to-play basis. And, uh, you know, I think maybe that's a situation that's where they could find a little bit of success. 
Yeah, I'm going to quickly amend a little bit of, of what I said. I, I still agree with my general key, but I um, apparently I wrote this two weeks ago. I did, a, I did an in-depth scouting report on, Mich- on Georgia's defense. Against Alabama, they were only credited by Pro Football Focus for giving up 28 passing yards against Alabama. So it's not so much the linebackers, but they what but you know you you read Georgia writers, you know our our site about this stuff, you read other publications about Georgia. Uh secondary depth is actually not a strength of theirs. Now now, you know, that's that's relative. I mean, they still have former top 100 recruits. There's guys who will be future, you know, star players, but they just they never really worked in they never found that second string of secondary. So, and, and I don't know who's in and who's out, but, but there are a couple guys outside of uh, Ringo and, and Kendrick that really haven't been super elite in coverage. Um, you know, even, even Brinny or Brini, uh, he's, he's been susceptible. I think he actually had a rough game against Alabama, if I'm not mistaken. And so, uh, yeah, it's going to be, it, I wrote it. I wrote this two weeks ago. Seize every opportunity. If you can find a mismatch anywhere, try to capitalize it. Do do your part to try to to try to make the most of it. Because, yeah, a lot of this game. I mean, the fact is, you you look at how Michigan has played against other good defenses, particularly good secondaries. Penn State took a long time for them to really put together some scoring drives. Wisconsin took took really until the second half. Um, you know, it's it, there haven't been too many games where Michigan has faced a top defense and like just destroyed them from the jump. And, you know, I mean, even even games like Nebraska and Northwestern, you know, kind of the the proverbial hard hitting Big Ten West defensive uh, teams. I think Michigan had, what, 25 points combined in the first half of those games. So it's it's. um it, I think, I think Michigan, in addition to attacking the slot and seizing every opportunity, I think has to be comfortable going piece by piece, and and it's similar to the to the run run game key that I mentioned. So I'm trying not to be too repetitive here, um, but yeah, Steve, I, I guess you mentioned the hard headed. What should what I mean if you're Michigan's offensive coaches, you know what, what is your approach? You mentioned passing to set up the run. Do you do kind of what you did against Iowa and maybe break the ice a little bit with with some creativity? Uh, I don't know if you want to call flea flickers and and double passes, trick plays, but but whether you do or not, I feel like that's something that that also could, I don't know, just set a nice tone for Michigan that they're not going to be afraid, that they're not going to be scared. Uh, you know, that might help send a nice message to your players that that this is a game that they they should be comfortable and maybe they're already that confident. But I'm just kind of putting myself in their shoes. I think that's another thing that they could do to set to kind of set set a nice tone for this game. Yeah, I think they have to be careful in how they're creative. I, I still think so. I think their ability to run the football with Haskins and Corum is what opens up. You think about the last few years before this year. I think fans would roll their eyes at that end around stuff that Michigan would do because it didn't really seem to work that well. Um, but now you see the value in that stuff after Michigan can establish the run. I think if they're going to be creative, I think it has to be in the passing game early on. I don't think it 
necessarily has to be a yeah what we what a regular what we would maybe define as a trick play per se um but i think yeah i i think that's that would be my approach and i don't think that's a i think that's more out of respect for george's ability to defend the run than it is a, a fear or uh anything like that it's i mean these guys have shown that they're an elite run defense uh and they have they've played again and this isn't i think when we broke down the ohio state game we talked about Ohio State statistically was really good against the run. I think, remember, we ran down the different rushing offenses they had faced, and, and many of them were really, really bad. Uh, not really the case with Georgia. They've faced some pretty solid rushing offenses, and, and they've completely shut them down. So, you know, I, I think, yeah, creativity early in the passing game would be how I would approach it. Like I said, to kind of loosen up those linebackers a little bit. Again, whether it's tight end or or receiver, I don't I don't you know you know maybe a wheel route like again I still think Don I think Donovan Edwards can still be a that that just that wrinkle has been so valuable for Michigan and I think it can continue to be because he just it feels like that could work against any it, it, yeah yeah it, or at the very least it's he's done enough now you have to respect him on the when he's on the field regardless of how he's being used if it, if he's in the backfield. Or if they do split them out, uh, you can't leave them alone, you know. So, so there, there's. I, I just can't. To me, I can't understate how much value I think he provides for them offensively. And 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 you know, we've seen his role kind of slowly start to expand. I think it's going to continue to expand uh, on Friday, honestly. And and so that could be one way where they could attack, you know. And uh, so yeah. Cause I, you know, the end around stuff in the running game and also that flea flicker play that they like to run. I think that's fully dependent on whether or not they're running the football well, cause that's a tough play to pull off. You know, if, if that seems like you the need type a of couple play. seconds of blocking too. Yeah. That also, <laughs> but, but you can't, but that's where the, the thinking line, the, you know, the, the, the back seven thinking or not thinking, you know, if, if, if Michigan's unable to run the football, I don't really know if they're going to get anybody to bite on a play like yeah. that. So there, there are a handful of plays that we've seen them utilize really well that have been run dependent to me. So I think if it, if for the early portions of the game, I think they may have to do something a little bit different because it is, to me, it's all about loosening them up a little bit, you know, because I think that's, that's how I think they would find success in the running game is just, is just, you know, making their especially that linebacking core forcing them to think even a quarter of a second longer before they make their decision you know and so uh kind of interested to see how Michigan tries to do that or if that's their approach maybe they come out and try to run the football uh I just you know I don't know if that's how I would go about it against this defense yeah we're gonna hit a quick break on the other side we've got our final thoughts or additional keys that are on our mind and then our over unders for, for Michigan's offense against Georgia's defense. You're listening to the Wolverine 24 seven podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices. Plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points, more savings and more inspiring flavors. Make shopping Kroger worth it every time Kroger fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. All right, welcome back. Thanks for waiting. Uh, Steve, anything else jump out to you about, about this offense? You know, we, we've heard from a couple players. We've heard from the defensive players. I thought, I thought one thing that was notable from the press conference for, on Georgia's end was, was how much uh, Dan Lanning and, and also um, you know, the players talked about uh, Michigan's running back's ability to break tackles. I think Corum and Haskins both rank among the top 25 in running backs, I, they might even be, I think they're 19th and 23rd in broken tackles. According to pro football focus, they each have, I think Corum has 49 Haskins has 52. You guys can do your own math on how many, what percentage of the, of their carries that is, but you know, quick, quick off the top of my head suggests that's uh, you know, roughly between a quarter and a third. So yeah, it's um that, that was something that stood out to me. And then, and then I, you know, I, I thought it was really interesting. Michigan, they definitely have a lot of respect for Georgia's defense. Um, but you know, Mike Sainer still had the quote that he said, you know, we think there's a few, few areas that, that we can attack, you know, speaking for Michigan's offense. Um, one additional thought I had was I'm very curious to see what this game looks like because these teams are actually very similar. Like, it, you know, every year there's, there's, um, the the classic bowl question is always like what team in your, in the in your conference reminds you of this bowl opponent you have i think both these teams would say each other you know they both use the tight end really well they both have long histories of of you know rushing the ball really well uh both kind of defensively driven and and both have five star quarterbacks on their bench while their uh you know their their regular quarterback is kind of doing that that leadership moving the offense approach any any additional keys you have for michigan's offense in in this matchup i think michigan's got a pass protect you know there's there's all the talk about running the football you know and that's been michigan's calling card but they've also done an excellent job of keeping Cade mcnamara um upright for the most part of the season allowing him time to make his progressions and and find open receivers. So, you know, as much talk as there is about the running game, I think I, again, if I'm, if we're talking about, you know, if I'm saying, if I'm Michigan's offense, maybe I throw the ball a little bit more early to set up the run. And then it's paramount that Michigan protects the passer to, to allow that to happen. So, um, you know, I, I think that's, you know, let's see Michigan's offensive line kind of like live up to that Joe Moore award, uh, they did it against Ohio State. They did it against Iowa. You know, Georgia really probably a bigger challenge than both of those teams. Not saying they don't like they've earned it already. Don't get me wrong. That's not my. I'm just saying like, you know, that to get to the top of the mountain, I mean, you're going to have to keep facing tougher and tougher tests, and and this will be the next one for them. I, I'm interested to see kind of how that goes for them. I, um, you know, Alabama. One thing they really did, I think it was pretty heavily covered during this. They really 
felt like they made Jordan Davis a non-factor in that game. I mean, this is a guy people yeah. are talking about as a Heisman candidate, and uh, he didn't look anything like a an All-American candidate, really, if we're being honest, in that game against Alabama. So, you know, can Michigan scheme to slow him down, keep them out of the back, keep him out of the backfield, keep their edge rushers out of the backfield, I think is going to be, you know, obviously, you know, we can talk about that everything's important, but I think the pass protection thing is something maybe hasn't gotten talked about enough. Well, yeah, and, and I think this matchup, I think I would venture to say this will be the, the toughest matchup for Michigan's offensive line this season. Uh, I've always kind of thought you, if you're a team from the North, you know, Big Ten country or Notre Dame or um, I guess, you know, the Pac-12, Big 12, like those those kind of teams that, that don't <laughs> originate from the Southeast or L.A., to, to make to have a chance at winning a national title nowadays, you have to have the best offensive line in the country. And I think that's absolutely true here. Um, that if Michigan's going to advance and they, they might have the best offensive line in the country and it might not work, you know, they might not win, but, but it has to, this has to be a special game. I think Ohio state caliber game for Michigan's offensive line. Um, Cause Alabama made, made some of those defensive linemen look like non-factors, you know, Jordan Davis. I, I don't know why he was a Heisman candidate i mean he's he's huge he's six seven three sixty I mean, he's he's very disruptive but uh 28 tackles three tackles for loss nine quarterback pressures this season um but they have a bunch of guys i mean they they roll deep they're big you know they've got former number one recruits uh that are you know are are, are producing extremely well and they're not even the best defensive you know edge defender that they've got uh yeah they i this has got to be a, a huge game because i think this Michigan's done a really nice job of avoiding negative plays this year, but Georgia's defense, a lot of stunts, a lot of twists, and some of the teams that Michigan has faced this season that do those things, especially up front, Rutgers, um, Nebraska, Indiana, those were some of the teams that actually had the most pressure or put the most pressure in the passing game, not necessarily the teams with the most talent. At, you know, at, on the defensive line, I think about Penn State. And so it's 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 going to be a challenge. I mean, I guess the good news for Michigan is they had a long time to scout and, and go over this and, you know, maybe iron out some of the mistakes that they that they might have made. I mean, all three of those teams I just mentioned were teams that Michigan was expected to beat handily. So maybe maybe, uh, 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 you know, more time on task and figuring it out will, will help. But, yeah, that's a that's a huge one. Let's do these over-unders. As always, they are, they are provided to us by, by our good friend Vaya Azul, who's, who's on our message board. Uh, he also tweets them at me. So, All right, so we talked about the Blake Corum one. Uh, next one, 29.5 passing attempts by Cade McNamara. So that's, that's asking us to get a little bit into what kind of game this is because I think the only time Cade McNamara throws that many times are probably games where Michigan is at least – trailing or, or asked to produce, you know, instead of hold on to the lead, like actually produce the lead. Does he, does he throw the ball 30 or more times in this game? I'm going to go under actually, but close, like it's, it's, he's always good at those. Like it'd probably be between 25 and 30, but I don't think he throws it 30 times. I think it's a little bit less than that. I'll say under. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to take the under as well. I think, the one thing, and and 
maybe this is a preview to my overall prediction, but you do need a lot of sustained drives to throw the ball that much when you're a run focused team. So I, I'm going to take the under on that one. Next one, 6.5 touches for JJ McCarthy feels like this is a game, especially, you know, there, there are what, 10, 15 bowl practices. Maybe this is a game where McCarthy, they have some new wrinkles. So I'm actually seven is, is a high number. Seven plus is a high number, but I'm, I'm going to kind of take the over on it. I, I don't think this is like some deal where they have something totally new, but I have to think, you know, with all this time on task with McCarthy, I mean, at this point now he's, he's had a whole season under his belt, 13 games. He is, or game preps. He's been a part of, I'm going to kind of take the over on this one. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I think Michigan does whatever it can to, to be, get creative and, and mix things up. I'm going to take the over on that 6.5 touches for JJ McCarthy. I'm actually with you. I think this, that's maybe a wrinkle we didn't talk enough about offensively for Michigan. That could be another way where they get him involved again. Another, like it's, it's funny. Uh, he's been primarily a rushing threat for Michigan, but has the kind of arm if they want to run some kind of, deep type thing you know it's like that's where they there's just so many different ways Michigan can attack so um, I will say over though I think Michigan I think he plays a little bit more of a role on Friday than he has in some of their other games this year I think that's one something something else to probably kind of keep an eye on yeah the other thing I I think he could be used for and and I don't know how to say this without sounding too down on Cade McNamara but good secondary and I think Kate is really really good at finding the the opening but in the red zone they've they've had some success I'm not saying he hasn't been successful but sometimes you do need the ball to be sent with a little bit more zip sometimes you do need the defense to be thinking oh he might run for the pylon here or he might throw it I think there's you know we've we've kind of teased it before or talked about it before Maybe this is a game where, where McCarthy's a part of a couple of these red zone packages. I know a couple fans because of that one fumble against Michigan state um, are, are dubious of that, but I, I think, I think he could be valuable in that sense. All right. Next one, 3.5 trick plays. Uh, They're defined as reverses, end arounds, flea flickers, halfback passes, etc. So end arounds. I, I don't know if, I guess we can call those trick plays. I'm going to take the over, because that definition is kind of broad because I think, I think you're seeing not just Michigan. I think other teams are doing this. Like flea flickers aren't, aren't a trick play anymore. You know, they're just, um, they're just, as long as they're well-timed, they're just effective plays, you know, end arounds when you have guys like AJ Henning, uh, Roman Wilson, Mike Sane, Rastill, I think end arounds make a lot of sense. Uh, I don't know if we get four plus like true trick plays, like what Donovan Edwards had, but I think if you're counting end arounds, you're counting flea flickers, you're counting reverses. I think they get up to four in this game. And, and as, as we both kind of mentioned, I think it keeps Michigan's players loose, but I think it also does keep Georgia's defense guessing a little bit. Uh, this, that, that, to me, I think that has to be Michigan's approach. I, I get there's a lot of value in avoiding negative plays, hanging on to the football, but I would argue you've already won the Big Ten title. This is kind of house money. The season's a success no matter what happens. 
now it's time to, to, to get creative, to have fun and, and play the, play the kind of game plan that your players want to play. I mean, they want to try this, this stuff that they've been working on all year. So I'm going to take the over on that number. I agree. If end arounds are also considered, I think it's an easy over for this game, the way it's kind of set up. All right. Last one for the offense. Eric All and Luke Schoonmaker, 89.5 yards receiving combined. Ah, that is that is high. But but as you've mentioned, and I've mentioned in, in my stories, uh, they have quietly been two very productive players for Michigan in the second half of the season. I'm going to take the under, but I do think they will both be legitimate factors in this game. Your thoughts? What was the number? 89.5. Uh, I'll go over. I think there's a big play in there somewhere. Yeah, that's true. On one 40-yard play could make a difference. I think I'm going to go with the over on that one. Well, that we can differ on that one. That's fine. Yep, that's, that is true. We do need to differ on a couple of these. All right. That's going to do it for this episode. There will be another episode. You won't have to wait long for it. We're not doing – we're not, you know, going to – Stretch it out. We're going to publish them pretty close to each other. Looking at Michigan's defense for George, versus Georgia's offense and our final thoughts on this game. For Steve Lorenz, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. We'll see you next time.